Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Shooting It Straight with the Rosses. We hope this episode blesses you as we share the things God has placed in our hearts this week. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search Shooting It Straight to connect with all of our encouraging thoughts, posts, and updates. Love y'all. straight with the Rosses. We're so glad to have you back here with us. Um, we've heard from so many of our friends and, and church family members who are enjoying these podcasts. So we just thank you so much for hanging in here with us and, and listening and sharing these things with, with your friends and family. Um, we're just having a, a good time doing this. So tonight we're going to talk about a subject that we enjoy very much. Uh, we all enjoy praying for people and uh, believing for God to move in their lives, particularly in the area of healing. And so tonight's topic is healing. So Jake, I'm going to have you start off if you don't mind. You had some great questions, um, yeah. and you're always so good at asking questions anyway. Uh, so that's a great way to spark conversation. Yeah, I mean, um, with our family being the way that it is, praying for people, a lot of the ways that we pray for people is is healing. And that's something that the Lord has gifted everybody but in particular he really likes to use our family in the area of healing um and i believe we can even talk about that tonight too just like some people are gifted in the gift of healing and things like that but we'll see if we even get that far yeah (laughs) one of the things i actually really really love that chris donald says is that healing isn't a process healing is a person Mm. and quite frankly if you have jesus you have healing and, and we can get into the whole process thing later. But um, one of the most frequent questions I hear asked whenever I'm talking to people or, you know, whenever I'm, you know, even just in trying to encourage people to pray for healing and stuff like that is I, I hear a lot of people ask, well, is it always God's will to heal? And you hear so many people that, you know, they have just, they've just grown up a certain way of thinking and, I guess that's never been challenged or what, but man, there's so many different theologies on it. I mean, I've heard them so far off as some people saying that, well, if you know you aren't paying your tithe, God's going to take your tithe out and your doctor bills, you know, or oh, God's going to use that sickness to teach you something, so He's not going to heal you yet because you need to be, you know, crippled for about three more months, and then you'll learn humility, and then I'll heal you, and it's just. That way of thinking, I'm going to call it what it is, it's demonic. It's a wrong way of thinking. It's manipulative, too. It is. And and sometimes you can even just have it, you know, just a little bit off, a little bit askew because of personal experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I went to pray for this person, and they didn't get healed. Well, therefore, God must not heal that certain thing anymore. And I think the most important thing to remember whenever we're praying is that we never base our theology off of our experiences. We yeah, base our theology off the Word of God, which I'm pointing to my phone, but my Word's on my phone. So <laughs> I don't mean base it off the, the phone. Base it off the Word of the Lord. You got it over there. And um, that's what we should always base our theology off, off of. Because we can get off. I love what Michael Koulianos talks about. With uh, He was talking about the Israelites. And they're up on this mountain. And, and Moses is going up to the mountain to get... The Ten Commandments and all that stuff to meet with God. And he's gone for a little bit. He comes back down. And 
all of a sudden the Israelites have smelted this giant golden calf. And what it says is that the Israelites, they took the gold from their ears and they smelted this image of a calf and they named it Yahweh, the God who saved us from, Israel, from Egypt. And man, talk about a blaspheme. Like they literally just got rescued from Egypt. God split waters, sent all these plagues, all these things to rescue them. And like 10 minutes later, they're, they're making an image and saying that that's their God. And uh, Moses comes down, throws a fit. But one of the things I love that Michael Kulianos talks about is that what they did is they took the gold from their ears and they called that God. And there's so many people that they'll hear people have messages or they'll hear an inspiring quote or whatever. They'll just take the gold from their ears of what they hear, the good things about God, and they'll make that image and call it God. Yeah. But the entirety of the word is what you need to shape your view of who God is. It's not just the gold that you hear. It's not just the pretty fun stuff. It's actually the hard stuff. We need to address that. We need to address the God that that in the Old Testament killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need to address the difficult situations like that because that, that is just as much God as it is the one that wants to give blessings. Yeah. And so, I mean, tonight I know we're going to be talking a little bit about in healing, and we just need to come at that with the right approach. That the word of the Lord is what we base our theology off of. Right. This isn't just, well, it's just fun thinking this way or whatever. No, it's it's actually rooted in scripture. Yeah. And um, and if we can't come, because I know sometimes I'll think of something. I'm like, I don't know exactly where it is in the Bible. Like, if we can think of afterwards, we'll probably try and drop the scriptures down below yeah. and give reference. Because I know this, this topic is, it's big. And um, I want you guys to have a good understanding of it. Yeah, but, I, think, I think it's important, yeah. like you said, uh to not make God into our image, that we make, you know, He made us in His image. That's right. So that you know, to keep God in His proper place and His proper perspective and view. Yeah. Well, when it comes to healing, um, you know, we're we're supposed to do what Jesus did. That's right. Yeah. God, Jesus ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit descended, lives in us, and we're supposed to to do these things and even greater than Jesus did. That's right. And whenever I looked in scripture earlier, speaking <laughs> of scripture, here it is. Yeah. Um, this is what Jesus did. Jesus walked throughout the region with the, this is, uh, sorry, Matthew 9. All these numbers are little, I think it's 35. Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. So that right there is something that Jesus did. He shared the message of God's kingdom, and everywhere he went, everywhere, <laughs> he demonstrated God's power. So it's about God giving him glory. It's not about us being, oh, I'm, I'm this healer person. No, right. I'm not. God is the healer. I'm a conduit, you know, allowing myself to be used. And then healing every kind of disease and illness. There is no disease or illness that is exempt from being able to be healed by God's power. Yeah. yeah. And that's huge. Uh, hold, yeah. up, hold up. Hold <laughs> up. Um, first question. Is it God's will to heal? <laughs> yeah. Before we go on a there tangent. It is. Well, I think that there's more basis than just that, too. Um, I can say what I said yeah. before. It was about, uh, is it God's will to heal? Sure it is. Jesus said, I do, I do what I see the Father do. I say what I hear the Father say. And he does nothing on his own. So if he's doing all that, he is doing what he sees the Father in heaven doing. So it is God's will to heal. 
because yeah. that's what he did, you know? Because and, just like Mom said, everywhere he went, he healed everyone. Everyone. And who was oppressed. And, and, it's, and it says, you know, in different places too, and in different Gospels, it says, and he went into this region, and he was moved by compassion. Or, you know, so it's that heart of love, that love of the Father, that he sees him hurt, and he sees him broken, and he wants yeah. to make him whole. So yes, that is the Father's will. I think that, you know, a scriptural basis for that too is John 10.10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give us life, and life abundantly. That right there, that's our plumb line. You know, when it's, a, it's a construction term, but like, you, know, you want to explain what a plumb line is? Yeah, a plumb, a plumb line keeps everything plumb. It keeps it true. So, about, you know, gravity is going to pull the line straight. So that that's true to the gravitational pull of the Earth. Exactly. So it keeps you centered. It's a exactly. it's a focus point. Yeah, and yeah. that's a much better definition than what I was gonna get. I was gonna say like a plumb line. Anyway, I'm just glad you had that ready because I, was, <laughs> I said it and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have a good definition for plumb line. That's <laughs> all the words escape my mouth. I was like, oh crap, I don't, a, I don't have a definition. <laughs> I know what it is, but I didn't have a definition. So anyway, this is our plumb line. For this is what true center is for us whenever it comes to the question of healing. Is it stealing from you? Is it killing you? Is it destroying you? Right. That's under the devil. That's the enemy. Yeah. That's the lion that it's a one that roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. That's the enemy. Is it giving you life? That's Jesus. Right. In the realm of healing, is it giving you life? Yeah. That's Jesus. It's always his will to heal, and God doesn't ever put sicknesses on us. You know, like I was saying before, God's going to teach you a lesson through your stuff. No, and another thing, too, that I think about is, like, when people claim their own disabilities or they claim their own uh, malformations or whatever you want to call it, and they'll say, well, that's what makes me unique. That's what makes me different. I hear so many people... And I, I understand loving people for who they are and where they're at in life. But it's one thing to love a person. It's a whole other thing to love a dysfunction mm -hmm. and to label that them. Because that's not who God created them to be. And I see it a lot with mental retardation and, and things like that. And people that have autism or Down syndrome, things like that, or, or even Asperger's, things like that. Where people say, well, they're beautiful just the way that they are. God made them this way. Wrong. God did not create mental retardation. If you think a good God would create a mental dysfunction where they couldn't properly function the rest of their lives, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just wrong. God didn't make them that way. Now, God can use what was meant for evil and turn it for good. So it's not that they're evil. It's not like, well, they have mental retardation that we demonize them and say, well, that's just wrong. All of it's wrong. No, we love them where they're at, but they're not the sickness. And it's always God's will to heal them. Yeah. To, it's important for people to contend for healing. Or even the other way of that. Like people claiming that as their own. Like so seeing people that have a disability. And, and all of a sudden, I think of like, what's that one? He's a super famous speaker who has no arms and legs. But he's got like a little chicken oh, yeah. wing. Uh, uh, his last name started with a V. This Russian, I don't know. Yeah. 
can't think of it. Do you want me to look it up? Nah. Anyway, go ahead. Nevertheless, I see people like him. Not that I'm saying he does it, but I can just see some people that talk about him like, oh man, that was God's will for his life. They He uses him for his disability. And they claim he claims it like, oh, this is what makes me special. This is what makes me unique. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying that he's using it for God's glory in, in it. But nevertheless, or even people that are in like the Special Olympics or things like that. Well, this is what makes me special and unique. And this is God's gift on my life. No, that God's not... God does not like sickness. He does not want to tolerate it. He doesn't tolerate it. The reason I know he doesn't tolerate it is because it's not in heaven. If God had a tolerance for it, you would see it in heaven. And it's even going further into Scripture. Jesus prayed, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is it God's will to heal? His prayer answered that. He wants his will that's in heaven right here. And there's no sickness. There's no pain. There's no disease. There's no cancers in heaven. God wants that here manifested on earth. And we're made out of earth, so you can even take that farther and your will on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. There's different translations sure. in the Bible. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's the King James Version that says, let your will be done on earth, in earth as in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, on earth and then in earth as well. Right. So, but yeah. And God does use those things, like, you know, just like with the guy you were talking about, or kids in Special Olympics. Yes, he does use those things. Yeah. Um. He, he does take the evil that Satan meant to destroy them and turn it around for good. He's not going to, you know, just leave them in that condition and just be like, oh, the devil messed them up. I'm just going to leave them like that. And, still you know, him. I mean, of course, there's some they're beautiful just the way they are because the imprint of God is still there on them, on their lives. And, and the point I make with that is whenever it becomes their identity, that yes. when faced with let's say somebody came up to him and wanted because I've had this happen, and I, and I you know, want to pray for somebody who has a form of mental retardation. How oh, can I pray for your child to be healed? Well, there's nothing wrong with them. They're fine just the way that they are. Like they don't want healing. That's what makes them special. That's what makes them unique. Or oh, I can't do the like Special Olympics or whatever. Oh, I want to pray for them. Oh no, I I don't want to be healed. This is what I make my career out of or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't prayed for anybody like that, but still. You know, I'm just saying, when faced with healing, it's like, no, this is what makes me special. This is what makes me unique. This is what this is what I'm writing on. Well, the you fact know? of the matter is, a lot of times people just feel like those kinds of prayers are too big. They make their diseases bigger than God. They they make their trust in what they can see instead of the unseen that God is capable of doing. You know, if He breathed the universe in, into existence. If you raised Jesus from the dead, if you raised Lazarus from the dead, you know, if, if he took dry bones and made them get skin back on them and walk around and be people, I mean, come on, like healing a child or anyone from any kind of disease, not to just get stuck on one kind, but any kind of disease, healing someone is not beyond the ability of a miracle working God. Can I bounce off of that for a minute? Yeah. You said earlier that, uh, you know, that you're not a healer. To flip off of that. Did I say that? Yeah. I said, mm-hmm. well, yeah. You said that I'm not the healer. God is the healer. Which ultimately, yes, God is the healer. But I think he wants to defeat Satan using people. Yeah. So when he says, 
go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, girl. You know, what he's, what he's saying there is he wants to use you to do it. He's got his kind of, you know, ultimately it is him. But he's got his hands-off approach. Stop. He's got a hands-on approach. <laughs> he's got a hands-off approach. Like, I want, I want to use you guys to defeat the devil. So when he says, go, I've given you authority. Go, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. I think what he's telling you there is, I'm giving you the ability to do this, to go do it. You know, I'm not just, I'm not just giving you a flip side. Yeah, this. yeah. But, uh, you know, so what he's basically saying is, I want you to go defeat the devil. I want to use mankind to defeat. Because God can could, could defeat Satan. Bam. God's God. He's uncreated. Devil's created. So I think what he's saying there is, I want to see you do what I modeled for you. You know, because like, basically, like I've learned like, the, the gospel, you know, God created man and woman. They sinned. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it short. <laughs> they sinned. They fell short. So God wanted to bring mankind back into relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So what he does with that is, uh, you know, he, he did it all. He paid the price. He, well, Jesus came, was born of a virgin, and uh, he didn't do anything until the Holy Spirit came and then filled him, which is a representation of us. When we come and the Holy Spirit fills us, now we can do the miracle working part of God's ministry. He wants us to pick his ministry up where he left right, off and right. walk out. So basically, you know, very short version of the gospel in a nutshell. But uh, so I've heard it said, like, when you go and lay hands on us, or, or like when, if you pray for God, oh, God, please heal them. You're asking God to do your job for you. You should go up in faith and lay hands on them and they shall recover. Mm -hmm. is it, okay, so yeah. it's more be healed than God, please heal them. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, something I heard too, just a demonstration. I love that Robbie Dawkins, he, he makes this demonstration. He talks about how he, he gives a scenario of like, you have a, a sheriff, a deputy, and you got a bank robber. So mm -hmm. this deputy's out on the street and he sees a bank robbery happening. And he sees the robber get in the car yeah. and he's getting ready to take off. And so the deputy just runs as fast as he can to a payphone. He picks up the phone, calls uh, 911, calls the sheriff, and he's Sheriff, 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 there's there's a bank robbery going. You got to get down here quick. And the sheriff, he just... <coughs> sorry, I got to choke. <laughs> <coughs> the sheriff picks up, and he's like, if he could reach to the phone and slap him, he would. He's just like, you idiot, you take care of it. I've given you a badge. I've given you the authority. Mm -hmm. Don't have me come all the way down there. You take care of it right now. And he, he gives that demonstration just to represent, like us, we've been given the authority of Jesus yeah. Christ. We pray in his name, but he's given us his authority to trample you know, serpents and scorpions and you know all the things that that whole thing says. And just talking about healing the sick. Right. He's given us his authority. And so, exactly like you said, we're not praying for God's will to be done. Like, oh God, if it's your will, please come heal. No, well, like we just covered, it is his will. Mm -hmm. And it's not, God, please come down and touch them. We're right here. It's be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. yeah. And there's a confidence in That's that. That's a good point, yeah. And it's even going back to praying at, at a place of sonship. Well, go, before you skip to that, I mean, 
it goes to show, like, I know the things that you guys are saying. Yeah. But then when I said it, I said it in a way that gave away that authority. Mm. You know, it's a real easy thing for us to do the way that we've been raised, the things we've been taught, the, the you know, the ideas that we've developed on our own along the way, the verbiage yeah. we've created along the way to say things and be like, okay, this is what I believe and this is the way that it is and, and say that's what we believe. But then, like, we're, we're limiting ourselves. And if, we're, yeah. we're limiting what God wants to do through us. So, you know, just being really uh, honest, like, I did say it wrong. And then the minute you started correcting it, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I didn't even realize I said it. It came right out of my mouth. If you want to stand on what the word says, it says, lay hands on the sick. It doesn't even say pray for them. It says, lay hands on the sick. And I love Chris Gore said he prayed for a lady on an airplane one day. And he's like, Lord, I'm going to stand on that. So he, you know, laid hands on her. And all he did was think about Jesus. And she was completely healed. He didn't pray a word for her. He just laid his hand on her. Yeah. That is awesome. That, that's my God. Well, I know you Pastor know. Jack talks a lot about um, how important it is to touch people. You know, whenever mm -hmm. you're talking to them and stuff. And, yeah. and in regular conversation. And it's not just a, a thing that makes them feel more connected to you but you really are releasing yeah. God's power through you through the power of touch when you lay hands on someone else yeah. and it sounds all oh laying hands okay when you touch someone because you have the the power and authority of Jesus active and alive in your life and it really is just focusing on God kind of like going back to last week's discussion on worship yeah. focusing on him having our attention drawn to him mm -hmm. and releasing that that power on purpose and you know it it just happens oh i'd like to lay some hands on people <laughs> <laughs> but i think even that's where the principle comes in where you see um in the uh i think it was paul that had the rags the hanky the oh, handkerchiefs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he would be preaching and stuff and he i guess it was a sweat rag something i don't know but then somehow the glory got on him and they'd go lay the, the handkerchief on the people and they get healed Right. Or Peter, he's walking down the road, and his shadow would pass over someone, and this person would get healed. Mm -hmm. He never prayed, and neither did Paul. He didn't pray directly to them or for them. And the same is true with us. We, not like, never. Not never. Huh? He didn't not never pray. Right. That's what you know what I mean. I'm saying in this instance, they never. He never prayed for him in that instance. <laughs> now I'm all caught up on words. I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. No, no, I wasn't trying to correct you. I, was trying to I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't offended. Yeah. I just, I just like really was thinking about how easy it is to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Sorry, right. wasn't trying to take that out of you. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, the same is true with us. You know, just like you said before, Jesus said, uh, "All these works that I do, even even greater, you're going to do." And um, you know, I think a lot of that's talking about the harvest. Yeah, true. You know, and, and, and gospel and outreach and, you know, the souls being one. But I think also is true with, with the creative miracles. We see that, you know, different things pop up. Jesus didn't pray for Rona. He didn't pray, you know, against all that stuff. Some stuff, some stuff just new. Yeah. You know, the, there wasn't a known, it wasn't known that people had mental illnesses or mental retardation. There wasn't the word autism or whatever back then. And but those things pop up, but yet there's still power and healing in those. Just because he didn't pray specifically for it doesn't mean that yeah, God still conquered that. And something I want to talk about because I was just that was something that I was thinking about before. Um, 
something interesting I heard about that um, Michael Miller talked about. Mm. And he was talking about the crucifixion and how at Jesus, when he was at the whipping post, he took 39 lashes to his back. Yeah. Now that 39 is a particularly interesting number that he, he said he saw like uh, this thing put out. It's a medical thing. I don't even know what you call it. Like an article. It's not really a blog post. But anyway, it's this article. And it was talking about how these scientists and all these researchers and all this sciencey crap that I don't know nothing about. They took all the diseases, all the cancers, all the sicknesses, every single kind of ailment, and they condensed it into categories. Hmm. And they had specific categories. And so, like, the with flu-like symptoms. And you have, like, the bird flu. You have the swine flu. You have, what, I think coronavirus is a flu or something. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. But nevertheless, you have all these flus. And so they, they put it in a column. And so a lot of these things had similar chemical makeups and the ways that they responded to them. So anyway, they put them in these columns. And interestingly enough, when it was all broke down and everything was in its proper place, they broke it down to the most that it could and there was 39 columns. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus does everything on purpose. Yeah. And he was talking about how every single lash on his body, it was the blood covers that column of sickness every single thing that could ever be thought of it was covered it was been taken care of at the cross and i love that bringing up the cross it's so important to understand that it was at that whipping post that victory was won it's yeah. so important when we pray for healing to understand that we fight from victory not towards it yeah. we're not praying to like work up victory and God I just pray healing I pray victory over them I want to beat the devil I want to de the devil's already been defeated right and a matter of fact a, a picture that I say frequently when I pray for the sick is that their, their healing is already in the storehouses of heaven it's the it's one of the plunders that Jesus took when he was in hell mm -hmm. that he took the plunders and the wealth and all the riches that the enemy tried to steal away and he plundered that, and I believe it's all stored up in the storehouses of heaven. And when we pray, all we're doing for healing is pulling down what's already stored up in heaven. And we're saying, God, thank you for what you've already paid for. Mm -hmm. It's already been done. It's already completed. We're pulling down something that's already there in heaven, and we're already been paid for. Yeah. We're fighting from victory, not towards it. Yeah, sonship. It's an identity. It's who you are. Uh, like... I love how I love how Ty says it. He goes, an apple doesn't try to be an apple. He's not going, I'm an apple. And he doesn't pop out an orange. Yeah. He naturally, by instinct, produces an apple. That's what apple trees do. Well, we're grafted in. So we should just naturally produce Jesus. Yeah. And and a product yeah. of Jesus being healing. Healing. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> So I think that's one of the major questions right there. One of the other ones I want to want to get into because man, there's just there's a lot. And like I was saying, we're, we're talking about this before, and man, we're, we're digesting an elephant here, yeah. and we can only do this one bite at a time. And, right. and there's a matter of fact, there's going to be so many other things that we don't get to talk about just for time's sake. And um, yeah, let's just move on before I belabor a point. <laughs> um, Ooh, I like this question a lot. What is the difference between a miracle and a healing? Oh. Pop, you want to hit that? 
I hit the last one. I don't want to steal nothing. Well, I'm going to say exactly what you're going to say. Okay. Well, um, a miracle is something that we're asking God for, and we expect instantaneous results. So a miracle could be uh, tons of things. So, I mean, you know, anything that we're wanting instantaneous, bam, that's a miracle. Yeah. God's just showing up and wow, you know. Goiters getting slapped off people. Right. <laughs> They're uh, like tumors. Yeah. One, I love those power stories. Yeah. One of the greatest miracles is uh, our salvation, that he wipes away our sins. Good point. So, you know what I mean? But a miracle is instantaneous. It happens at that moment. Uh, healing doesn't necessarily have to happen at that moment. It, uh, it might work its way out. You could go to... You could go to sleep that night and have the Holy Spirit all over you and wake up the next day and you notice, I'm completely healed. Yeah. Um, you could, you know, it could be a process. It could be, you know, a couple days or that week or, um, yeah. you know, a lot. most of the time when you see a healing, though, God is good and God is gracious and he wants to heal you. And you see most of that just disappear um, immediately. If nothing else, you see the effects of it are disappearing, like, you know, yeah. a migraine or something of that nature. You see them, you see it going away. You know, like, hey, by the time I was going home, my headache was gone. Yeah. That's a that's a, more of a healing than it is a, a miracle, because a miracle is more instantaneous. Yeah. And sometimes in yeah. the realm of healing, God will use medicine. We're not bashing medicine whenever we talk no, about healing. Yeah. God uses doctors. He uses physicians. We need those types of people. I mean, he even one of his disciples, he was a physician. Right. He was a doctor. It's Luke. And he created all a lot of the plants and the natural things, the herbs and things that we use yeah. in medicine. Yeah. And they have healing properties because God put them in there for us. Yeah. Yeah. But be careful with all the herbs. Don't be... Well, and you're, Take it easy on all the herbs. Okay. And God, <laughs> you got my hippie friends out there. And God naturally made your body to heal. You get a cut, it scabs over, the skin heals. Yeah. So, I mean, God put healing into you naturally. Yeah. So I think most importantly, something I want to talk about, you know, because I said earlier that Chris Donald talked about that healing isn't a process, it's a person. Yeah. It's Jesus. And I think more importantly, that in the process, we don't get caught up in the process. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense or not. Or even in the result. Exactly. I think more importantly, our eyes have to be transfixed upon Jesus and knowing that He is our healing. Yeah. And again, we're fighting from victory, not towards it. And, you know, I see a lot of people that, I mean, we live in a world that's, that is full of sickness and is full of disease. And there's a lot of difficulties when dealing with those situations. People have cancers. And we pray, and they don't necessarily see that instantaneous miracle of them immediately, radically getting healed. And it's a process of healing. And sometimes they got to go through radiation. Sometimes they got to go through... You know, chemotherapy, whatever, and you know, we can ask the questions of God: Why would you let that? Ha why would you do that? You know, and I think more importantly, what to look at is, for me, my my heart posture in that is, though God isn't going to put a sickness on you to teach you a lesson, right. I know without a shadow of a doubt that He takes what was meant for evil and He turns it for good. Okay. So He didn't cause the evil on your life. He didn't put sickness. He didn't put disease in your life. However, if it's going to be there, he's going to use it for his glory. And if the only way he can get glory out of it is through taking you through this process so that way you can touch people around you. See other people that are going through chemo and encourage them. Or to speak to you through the process because there's a dual meaning. There's a spiritual meaning behind it. And Okay, well, you know, I think about you and your heart monitor and things like that. God didn't put an irregular heartbeat in you. 
But he's going to use that. Not that that's what it was. It was blood pressure stuff. But God used it. He spoke to you through it. And anytime you're going through it, he's speaking to you through it. Right. And so anyway, I, I think that's an important thing to understand that even though sometimes there is a process, it's not that God doesn't love you more or like, ah, you're all right, but I'm going to let you go through this. It's not like he's trying to teach you. You know, like, oh, you punk, I'm going to show you. I don't know. There's just so many wrong thinkings, but it's more so... I'm going to take what was meant for evil. I'm going to use it for good. I'm going to use this thing. So a lot of people will struggle with um, the Old Testament. God, do not throw a pillow at that dog. She is eating and drinking the way a dog should. Just ignore it. Speaking of putting hands Look on here. the sick. Look here. Look here. A lot of people will look at the Old Testament God that, um, you know, he did things to people. You know, he, he brought boils on people. He brought, you know, um, calamity on people who were, you know, against the Israelites. Um, you know, but it was still people. Yeah. So some people will look at that God, that vengeful God, that angry God, that, you know, and they get this picture that that's how God is. So can you respond to that? I think that's a, a, good, um, a good spot to hit um, when talking about you know, God's will is to heal, that God doesn't put these things on us. So how do you respond to that when people have those kinds of questions? Well, that, that is a large topic. Because yeah, it's not just Old Testament. It's New Testament. You see where Paul curses that one king, uh, whatever his name was. Uh, yeah, and he fell over and the worms ate him. Yeah, the worms ate him. Yeah. He literally has like... Herod? A, I don't think it was Herod. I don't remember, yeah. but it's somebody. Anyway, <clears throat> look. <laughs> I'm not trying to make this difficult, but I'm yeah. just saying that people struggle with that oh, image is. of this angry, mean God doing things yeah. to people. So I, I'm just saying, like, in a... In, in a, a nutshell, yes. simplify it, it's a heart condition. It's a condition of the heart. God always looks at the heart first. So how can he take... Okay, how can he take Paul who was a killer of Christians and converting. Well, it was his heart. His heart was, I want to please you, Lord. I want to do what's right in your sight. He was fighting for God, even though he was doing it in a wrong way. Okay? He thought he was doing right. So it was his heart posture. Herod, which is, I believe is who that was, his and posture was... you say was, Paul because he had the thorn in or the whatever it was in his side that no, God didn't take no, away? No, I say Paul. I say, I say, look at Paul's heart condition for the fact that uh, why didn't God strike him down dead gotcha. for killing Christians, but Herod wanted to kill Christians because he wanted to elevate himself as God. Okay? Well, it's a condition of the heart. He wanted to kill Christians to make himself a God. Paul was killing Christians because he wanted to please God. So it was a condition of the heart. So when you see him striking boils on somebody who's oppressing the ones he loves... Or you see, you see these. He's, he's using it like almost like a punishment or a correction. It's usually, if you look, it's a heart condition. Those people are not repentant. They're not. They're not going to turn their heart around back towards God. Yeah, does does that good. make sense? That's good. Okay. And the same thing with Pharaoh. Okay, there's a lot of people. Well, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? That seems pretty cold. That a loving God would harden the heart of Pharaoh. The fact of the matter is, most people don't read the entirety of Scripture. Pharaoh actually hardened his own heart 
three or four times before God's starting to harden it. Yeah. So that's one of the m number one things. Yeah. And the reason why he continued to harden it was because, honestly, God was going to flex his muscle for his people. And he was already going to keep them in bondage anyway. And so he decided, oh, all right, I'm going to do more of these plagues. And I'm going to, what it was too, all the plagues actually represented how God had victory over the gods of Egypt. Every single plague that you see demonstrated in the plagues of Egypt. Uh, so like frogs, they had a frog god. Well, the sun getting blackened out. They had a sun god. The river turning into blood. It was a river god. So God was showing his superiority over all their gods. Right. And so that and also he wanted to flex his muscle for his people. And so I didn't know I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my people. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you how powerful I am because I love you. And I want to lead you into a place of victory. So I want, so I want to show you my victory. Yeah. And so, but the fact of the matter is, is Pharaoh hardened his, hardened his own heart multiple times before God was saying, okay, so really when we see those, it's for God's glory. Mm -hmm. But, New Testament, here's what I go off of, to keep it simple, because you could go into the whole can of worms of reprobates, and some people, Judas was destined for destruction, and he, look, there's a lot of things, and that's something Bill Johnson talks a lot about too, he says, you take the entirety of scripture, that's a that's an abnormality. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't make an abnormality your doctrine. Mm -hmm. You take the whole of Scripture, you find the heart of God throughout Scripture, right. and you don't make this one thing your theology. That's good. Yeah. But one of the things I lean into on that is King Herod. He's not a Christian, and he's also doing things that would demonstrate um, sin in his life. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. I think a lot of times God will get the rap for something that wasn't him. Yeah. The wages of sin is death. For instance, this is a silly one, but let's say somebody in in, in you know it's indulging in gluttony. Gluttony is a sin, and let's say they go to McDonald's and they eat Big Macs every day, and they have a chocolate shake with it. Well, all of a sudden they get diabetes. Well, God, why would you give me diabetes? No, that's because you're a poor disciplinarian over your diet, and you have eaten junk food your entire life. Mm -hmm. The wages of his sin was inevitably that. It was death. It was diabetes. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the things that we can see nowadays, and even in just post-cross, is more so it's what we've done to ourselves. And because we're living in rebellion, because we're standing in pride, pride is resisted by God. Mm -hmm. You know, His grace can't flow in that. And so, ultimately, I think it's our own fault. So those are some great responses. There's a lot in that. And, yeah. and I'm not asking yeah. you to go into all of that. Yeah. I just thought it's something that we should hit while we're on this on this topic. Yeah, yeah. for sure. There, there is there's a lot of viewpoints you can take on that. I know when I was taking an apologetics class in college a handful of years ago, and we covered that kind of stuff. And I remember talking about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart and all that stuff. It's it's a lot of questions that um, I think we should know, that we should ask ourselves, you know, and not just to ask, just to seem like smarty pants, but like to really honestly know why we believe what we believe. Yeah, I think it's important for us to know that stuff. Yeah, because you. Because you hear people talk about, oh, the goodness of God, and this and that. 
And you could even experience the goodness of God. But if you don't view God as good, you you never you never grab the concept. God is ultimately good all yeah. the time. So these other things that are happening, like you said, are our own fault or the devil. Yeah. And I think the devil doesn't I think the devil gets a bad rap for a lot. He gets more credit than he deserves. A lot of it is our own our own human flesh. <laughs> I love what Tom you know. says about the the gates of hell are between our ears. Right. You know, a lot of times we manufacture our own hangups right in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very true. Um, so real is back then. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I want to just talk about man. The evangelist in me just wants to equip believers, and so I'm just going to hit that topic of what are the qualifications. Mm. For you to pray for the sick. And this one should be easy. (laughs) We'll give it again. Be a believer. That's right. That's it. That's the only qualification there is. I love when they they ask Smith Wizzlesworth. They're like, man, you've seen all these crazy miracles. Like, you know, know, he would slap a tumor off someone's face or drop kick a baby and it would come back to life. Like... He was radical. Okay. Let's not preface this. If you're going to pray for the sake, please don't take yeah, the Smith exactly. Wigglesworth route unless God tells you. <laughs> if you drop kick a baby, you're probably going to get thrown into a someone's prison, dead. Yeah, a someone's sane dead, asylum. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That would not... you got to make sure you're here. Yeah. you got to know that you know that you know that right. that is the Lord, man. <laughs> but, but they asked him, they said, what, what do you accredit to all these miracles? You know what? How did how did you step into that function? And he said, "Oh, that's easy. You just believe." Yeah, so, you know it is. It it's is being a believer. Hitting you know. Smith Wigglesworth. I want to explain for those that maybe don't know who Smith Wigglesworth is. He took the approach that physical attacking somebody. Well, I love what he, one of his quotes is: "This man's just nuts," uh, <laughs> in a good way. Um, he would say that I'm not hitting the person; I'm hitting the demon in them. Yeah. And so he would always attribute sickness, pain, disease, whatever, as a demon. And so he would punch the demon. And um, miracles happen. So with this baby thing, what he did, there was somebody brought to him a dead baby. And um, he punted that baby across the room, kicked the devil, and uh, the baby came back to life. So his methods are definitely unorthodox, but I can't deny fruit. And so... If the Lord's calling you to a Wigglesworth type ministry, man, please don't pray for me. <laughs> Even if I'm healed, man, I'm, I might hit back. I'm not a huge fan of that. <laughs> Although, I might, all right, all right. I might like the Wigglesworth method on a few people. You are getting off track. Oh my goodness. Healing, healing is fun because, again, healing is a person. And the moment we experience healing, we're experiencing Jesus. And there's so many dimensions, there's so many facets, facets to God. You know, I love that, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, that he's like a diamond. When you shine it in the light, you just keep turning that thing, and there's just so many dimensions of his glory. Yeah. So many different aspects of seeing him. And so one of the ways that we see him is through healing. And that is, that is who he is. Healing is not just something that he does, healing is actually who he is. And so operating in healing is just operating in intimacy. That's something that I really love that Chris Donald said, and I want to give an exact quote, is he said that walking in the gift of healing 
is in direct effect of walking in the gift of intimacy. Yeah. You, you're not going to see results if you're trying to do this in your own strength. If you're out there striving and trying to, ah, I need to see a healing. It's more so just, God, I, I love you. I know who you are. I know who I am in you. I know the authority you've placed in me because of Jesus. And it's, oh man, again, it's Jesus was always moved by compassion. And so you get the heart of the Father in that place of intimacy. Because, right, the heartbeat of God beats souls, souls, souls. That's something that Pastor Ryan and others have said before. Mm-hmm. That that's what the heartbeat of God sounds like. It sounds like souls. And so whenever you're leaned in, in intimacy, leaned up against his chest, you hear his heartbeat. And then you begin to get a heart of compassion. Flowing in the gift of healing is really directly tied to intimacy and flowing in compassion. It's flowing in a heart of love because it's out of that place that you realize that God really, really, really loves people and he really wants to see them well. I think that it, it I think that helps explain some of the scripture, you know, in the in the presence of the Lord there's freedom. Yeah. Yeah. In your secret place, in the presence of the Lord, there's freedom. You're moved to love, you're moved to compassion, you have that heartbeat of souls. It's like Eric Gilmore says, you lean into the divine treasure chest yeah. and you hear the heartbeat of God. And I, you know, and I believe that it's multifaceted also that scripture, because you know, when someone's praying for you, the presence of the Lord is there. You're receiving freedom. So I believe, I believe it, you know, it breaks that scripture down in a, a multifaceted way because in the presence of the Lord, there is freedom for you for the you, for you, for for everyone, mm. you know. Yeah. You mentioned Pastor Ryan, and, and I may have said something on our last podcast about the same thing, but it, it has stuck with me uh, for a couple of weeks now. Um, we were at a conference where he was speaking, and, and uh, he was talking about how we're not anointed uh, to heal. We're, we're not, God doesn't give an anointing to heal that Jesus is the anointed one that's right he is the messiah the one who is anointed and so jesus is the anointed one what we do is that when we focus on him and when we worship him and honor him and are intimate with him then that allows us to step underneath of the umbrella of that anointing and so then it it covers us and so that's how god uses us is as jesus's anointing to heal Jesus' anointing flows through us and out into the person that we're praying for. And just knowing that, you know, and no matter what it is, whether it's anointing for healing or preaching or uh, worshiping or whatever, um, just knowing that it's, it's not us who is anointed, it is Jesus who is anointed. And as we step under his anointing, then yes, he will use us. I think, uh, well, I think that expands a little more too. Anointed means to be crushed or to be smeared into. So basically, when Jesus anoints you, he's crushing and smearing the Holy Spirit into you to where you can't tell what is what. You know what I mean? It's a mess. Jesus was the anointed one. God the Father sent the Holy Spirit down and then to descend upon him like a dove. He was crushed. He was smeared with the anointing of God. Okay, that's how he was able to move forward and, and do all these miracles because he was born fully a man, but he was fully God. Right, right. And, but he de- he denied his 
deity. He, he left all of his power in heaven. So he used Holy Spirit's power when he came upon him to perform these things. Mm -hmm. That's why he was the anointed one. He was crushed. He was smeared with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I you love know. that too because even after that, um, so Jesus and him, I love what you said with the, the crushing and the smearing together to where you can't tell what's what and they kind of fuse and become one. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think about is that in that moment, Jesus became the anointed one. He couldn't do any miracles before that. But then because of the Holy Spirit, he was smeared into one. He could. But I love that afterwards, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Yeah. And we see that smearing and that fusing together that it's no longer... I mean, he is just Holy Spirit, so I don't want to take away from the... You can get into a Trinity thing, too. They are uniquely different, separate, three in one. You're not going to wrap your head around it. But I think that it's beautiful that they're so smeared together, they're, they're so tightly knit, that Holy Spirit just... He's even recognized as the Spirit of Christ. Right. And he's fused together as one. And we have that. And Paul talks about it throughout the you know a lot of his epistles, especially in Ephesians but also in Colossians and all these other amazing books. And he talks about our oneness with Christ, that we have mm -hmm. unity with him, that we are co-seated in heavenly places with Christ, that we were co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, co-ascended, co-seated. All these things that we are meshed and fused into the death and resurrection of Christ. We're also fused with, with Holy Spirit. And so, again... When walking in healing, it's I love that visualization of smearing because I just think of just being covered in paint. And when you go lay hands, it's just like healing drips. Yep. Healing drips off of these fingers. And we may not see that, but healing drips off of me. The anointing drips off me because the Holy Spirit is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one. He's on me. He's upon me. And I don't, when I go lay my hands, healing gets smeared. And I even think of it almost like a... Um, oh, what is it called? Uh, the, the liquid graphite. Um, oh, uh, like the NICs. NICs. I think of it like NICs. Yeah. And that stuff, man. When you smear it, I mean, you just it just keeps spreading, and you all of a sudden like it's this silver stuff, and it starts off one place, and all of a sudden you just look like the Tin Man. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what it looks yeah. like whenever we pray for people, when we pray for healing. That man, we get just a little bit on, and all of a sudden it just smears all over their body, and they're just yeah. covered. Because the Holy Spirit's good. Well, Jesus was heading to the cross, and what was his last prayer for mankind? Let them be one as we are one, Father. Yeah. Dude, that's that's what he wants. He wants us to be one with him. It's <laughs> and all one in the body, too. He yeah. says, I want them to well, be yeah, one sure. in, in, this, in the body of Christ, too. Sure, yeah, but that oneness, that you, that unification, that, that relationship that he wanted with Adam and Eve that was lost through man's sin yeah that's what that it's just bringing it all back to the point of this the the reunification of our relationship with the father yeah you know but but they you know he says you know let us be let them be one as we are one you know yeah that uh you know i know that the jewish people had a, a monotheistic view of god because they seen god as jehovah no matter how he manifested himself, it was always Jehovah, you know. But there, you know, you gotta look. Jesus was here. Well, who's running the universe? Well, it's gotta be God the Father, of course, you know, because Jesus was the manifest presence of God here on earth. So, 
and then the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You know, it talks about when uh, Mary was <coughs> impregnated, that the Spirit of God hovered over Mary and impregnated her. It doesn't say that the Father came down out of heaven and impregnated her, but it's Jesus' Father. So they're one. Yeah. You know, as, you're getting into yeah, Trinitarian Oh yeah, stuff, it gets but, deep. It gets deep, but still, I mean. Well, yeah, and it's also not what we're talking about. But nevertheless, <laughs> oh man. In summary, God so, heals. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've been going for a long time. Healing is for today. Yes, it is always God's will to heal. What are the qualifications for you to pray for the sick? Signs and wonders follow those that believe. Believe. Simple faith. Yeah. Understand not just a head knowledge, but a heart revelation that God really desires to see healing manifest, that He really wants to see His children well. And in order to do that, dig into your word, go read the Bible, pray, yeah. seek the Lord on this matter, let yourself become alive to this in His presence, let His revelation words illuminate the truth of this because it's out of that heart revelation that you're going to begin to see fruit that's not out of a head knowledge that that's a that's a start that's a good place to start but take this into your secret place seek the healer not just the manifestation of healing seek the healer and you will see the sick recover and i think that let's end with a testimony because I think sure. I think that's really empowering to you know the testimony of Jesus of the spirit of prophecy and so that just means do it again God so whatever the testimonies that I think we just do real quick testimony 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 end on testimony for healing I got mine okay you guys can think of yours as I do mine. I know this is last minute sorry sure I'm strangling you with my eyes <laughs> <laughs> I saw that so one of the coolest ones that I had was uh, wait I don't want to start with you because <laughs> you have really cool testimonies. Oh, so there's a comparison thing, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do not get to start because you have some great stories. You've been walking in this longer as far as like actually walking in it longer than either of us have. You started at 15 and we watched you grow in this and grow in your faith and grow in your understanding of it. As a child, you taught us a lot about this. You've been walking in this longer than we have. So your experiences are more, your faith is deeper. I'm not letting you start. First of all, you're contradicting everything we just said by care. saying you got more faith and all this. Why don't you just believe, Mom? No, I'm not saying you have more faith. I'm saying, well, kind of I am. Oh, caught you in your words again. <laughs> she's, saying, she's saying you pray more for people to be healed so you see more of it. Don't, okay, so see. we're going to restart this whole thing. <laughs> no, we are. No, no, we're not. No, you've got some great testimonies. I do. You did this for a living. Like, your job was praying for people. You saw a lot of stuff. And the reason you saw a lot of stuff is because you did you did a lot of praying for people. And I will say, I have not prayed for near as many people as you have. That doesn't... It's not a comparison thing, though. You but know you have a lot of stuff. Well, be that as it may. The, and that's another thing, too. I think this is important. I think this is good. 
Because so I, I don't think it is. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> listen. This is good. There's a lot of people that want to do the comparison deal of like, oh, well, I prayed for a migraine to go away, or I prayed for a headache to go away, and it did. But that's not a leg growing out. But that's not somebody's deaf ears being open. They've got so much more of this and that, and I can only pray for this. I think that's a demonic way of thinking. I'm not, not saying demonic. you have more. No, listen. I'm, 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 this is not. I'm saying you. you have more experience doing it. More physical actually doing it than I do. Agreed. But the fact that I'm getting at is that there's not a scale on this stuff. A healing is a healing. In the same way that sin is sin in God's eyes, it's still miraculous whether a headache goes or if tumors fall off. Like, it doesn't matter. There's not a scale. It's still miraculous. And all should be celebrated equally because they're sure. all fantastic. Yes. And I, I don't know. I'm just I, saying. I, I believe there's also gifts of healing. Like, you see people that have breakthroughs with hear, seeing deaf ears open, like Heidi Baker. But, you know, when she knows when she prays for a deaf ear, it's going to be opened because that gift has been opened to her. And I'm not saying. I don't think that's right. I, I don't. I, I believe that everybody has uh, the gift of healing. Or gifts of healing. Yeah, but I feel like to say something is reserved for one but different for another, man. God is just haven't experienced that. They just haven't had the experience of that one yet. A lot of things with with your Christian walk is like how how much you gonna let God do with you? Are you gonna pursue it? Yeah. And you have pursued it. That's what I'm saying. Not just you. Different people that you see walk in it, that people say, Oh, they're gifted for that or whatever. Everyone has access to it, but walking in it and pursuing it, it increases your faith for it. You believe for bigger things. Your bold, your prayers are bolder. You know what I'm saying? It's, it is something that you can grow into. It's a risk level, like, it, like, yeah, like Robbie Dawkins talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I think hey, this is good, too. This is, this is family. <laughs> like, for real, I, like one of the, yeah. the goals of this whole podcast is to show you how to do family as Christians. Sure. And, and honestly, family looks like a mess sometimes. Sometimes family is messy. But also, revival looks like family. Yeah. And so I think understanding that sometimes it's okay to disagree. That sometimes there's going to be like little things like we're just having and like that's okay. And so anyway, I, I don't know. I think it's not a real argument. I just want to no. encourage people. It's no, not it's like not. I'm going to smack anyone or be mad That's anymore. your qualifications for a real wow. argument? <laughs> Holy cow. Well. I better never tell anyone we had an argument again because then they're going to envision your abuse. <laughs> now you know. See, she admitted it on camera. I've been abused for 22 oh, years wow. of my life. <laughs> I've been married 25. So. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> the point is, you're not starting. That's the point. Holy cow. Okay. Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't want to now. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't <laughs> you know. just get on with it. I don't know that I have one is what I'm trying to say. You've never prayed like, for somebody to be healed? Yeah, I have. I know you have. I have. But the story I was thinking of sharing may not be the most encouraging story. <laughs> just share one. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> okay. I'm going to... Sh- then you... Never mind. Okay. I prayed for a friend who had cancer. Yes. You okay with me telling this story? Go ahead. <laughs> I prayed for a friend that had cancer. Um, fully believed that she would be healed. She was prayed for by others. Full faith. People who knew how to pray for, for people with 
you know, sickness and disease and pray with faith and do all of that, okay? Um, this person experienced healing in this area that cancer was hitting them. We knew it. It was proven by doctor reports that she was healed. Months later, this cancer pops up somewhere else in her body. Prayed for her again, and she was healed again. Then it pops up somewhere else. And so, you know, there, there was a, a whole litany of, of things that were going on uh, as God kept healing these different areas of her body. Yeah. We prayed, he healed her. And the enemy immediately moved to another spot and attacked her in this other spot with the same disease. And she ended up passing away. This is why I said it may not be a great healing story, but I feel like it is. It is. Because yeah. I um, I talked to God about it after after she passed away. And I'm like, God, I just, I don't understand. You know, I know that we, many of us, prayed for her. That we believed we prayed, we trusted you, and we were certain that she was going to be healed. And I was like, I just, I need you to help me understand this. And he said, I, I did heal her. He said, I healed her, and it moved, and I healed her, and it moved. And it, it didn't keep attacking the same spot because she was healed. Yeah. So the enemy had to move somewhere else. But the thing that he told me was, the enemy was never after her body. He was after her faith. And you could watch it erode each time this cancer would pop up in a yeah. different place. You could watch her faith erode, and she was holding on so tight. Yeah. Man, this is a hard story to tell. She was holding on so tight and just believing for that. And we were all believing for that. And it was so many people were affected um, by, by her faith, infected by her faith and trusting God. And so when it didn't turn out the way we thought it should, it was just, it was really hard. But when God showed me, you know, that, that the enemy was after her faith, he never got that. Mm -hmm. He never got her faith. She died believing in him, trusting him. And when she entered heaven's gates, God removed all sickness and disease from her body. And her healing was made manifest in heaven. And it wasn't the way we wanted to see it. But man, the things that God did through her yeah. and through that battle where the enemy just kept after her and kept after her yeah. and kept after her. Um, I can't even imagine the number of people that were brought in the relationship with Jesus through that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was that was my thing that I wanted to share before you guys end on a high I think that's important. That. If you're going to pursue <coughs> healing, and not that you pursue healing, you pursue Jesus and healing flows, but if you're going to pursue going deeper into that route, praying for the sick, you're going to have to get good at dealing with disappointment. Because there's going to be sometimes, and I'm not trying to be a, a faith killer here and try and insert unbelief and say, well, wait, it's not going to happen. Look, I don't know how it all works. I don't know the technicalities of it all. But all I know is, is I've played, prayed for plenty of people and not seen them heal. Sure. The bottom line is, don't let what you don't see affect what you should see. Mm -hmm. You don't take That's that true. and make that your theology. You don't right. say, well, well, maybe God just doesn't want to heal that kind of stuff anymore. No. The fact of the matter is, you got to take that stuff, and you need to go into your prayer closet, and you need to weep. Yeah. And you need to, again, from that heart of compassion, and just, you pray for that family. Mm -hmm. And you pray for for the people that are grieving and mourning, and you go with that heart of compassion, and you bring it before the Lord, and you say, God, I don't understand. Yeah. I have faith. I thought I did. 
God, help me with my faith. Help me grow more because I know it's not on them. It's not their fault. I know, God, it's not, it's not your fault. You already have the victory. This rests on me. Yeah. And God, help me grow in my faith. I love that book, uh, uh, Atomic Power Through Prayer and Fasting. Yeah. Sometimes fasting is needed with prayer to get rid of our unbelief, to get rid of our disbelief, you know, to to press through to a, another barrier of God. Yeah. Because what, what are you doing with uh, fasting? You're denying the flesh so that God can have more of you. So, you know, it's it's that all pressing into God and pressing yeah. into Jesus that does that. Yeah. So... And I just want to say, yes, I have prayed for people and seen them healed. Sure. But I thought it was important to share that one. Well, yeah, I know that. Because that was that, a rhetorical question. That was a, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, well, not everybody knows. Like, oh, gosh, that's the only person she prayed for. I'm not <laughs> praying for me. No, I have seen other things. But mm. I feel like that was a big one. And that yeah. was a huge lesson for me that I, I just, I mean, when God spoke that to me, I was like, wow. You know, it just, it helped me see things mm -hmm. from his viewpoint. Yeah. You know. And for it was, sure. I think that's great. I'm not. I thought that was an incredible testimony. Well, I'm not asking to prove of it. I was just finishing out. Well, it my sounded testimony. like it. You sound like, like oh, great, Jacob. Do yeah. thy approve. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you got one, Chuck. I'd like to hear from you. Go ahead, Jake. I don't no, know. you I don't go. Know last. No, because the great one's got to go last. Right? <laughs> okay. All right. You're dork. Well, I like. I like when I see healing because God is just lavishing His goodness on somebody when He's drawing them into them. So that's one I'm going to share. So, like, I knew that someone was, you know, uh, I don't know, had, I guess had, just, had some doubts about God. But God dropped something into, into my heart about, hey, pray for them. Uh, they have one leg shorter than the other. I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. I'm like, all right. So I went up, and uh, actually he gave me two people that day, and I was trying to get the other one, and I missed them, so I ended up getting, getting her anyway. So I just, I went up to him, and I prayed, and I'm like, uh, hey, I believe, and this is a weird question, but I believe you got one leg shorter than the other. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well, I said, can I pray for it? And, you know, she, you know, she's like, yeah. So I, you know, I, you know, I was like, okay. So I showed and it was like, it was a, a lot. It was drastic. Like, I, I'm going to say inch, inch and a half different than the other foot. Yeah. I mean, it was very noticeable. And I said, watch how much God loves you. In the name of Jesus, left leg grow. And it went, whoop, and it popped out. And I didn't make a big deal about the healing as much as I did. God loves you so much that he's drawing you in. Mm -hmm. Look at what God's doing. He's He's drawing you. He's wooing you. He's 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 got a heart cry for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason he's healing to begin with. He just wants to show you his goodness and his love for you. Yeah. You know, that, you know... If, if you ever have a healing and there's not the goodness of God to back it up, if you're not more worried about their soul than their leg growing out, there's a problem. Yeah. You know? So I, I just I just love that aspect of God, how he, he just, he wants to lavish his goodness on people. Yeah. He says, no man comes to repentance except by the goodness of God. That's exactly right. It's in Romans. Yeah. And I love what you're saying there because that's so important to remember when praying for the sick. Is that, you know, this is what the Bible talks about, you know, signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm -hmm. A sign always points to a destination. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
when we pray for people to be healed and recover, it's not just so they, oh, you're healed, great, good for you, go enjoy your new thing. That's a part of it, yes, enjoy the goodness of God, but it, it's it's for a purpose. A sign points to a destination. If I'm if I want to go to the St. Louis Zoo with you, Mom, and I'm trying to get there and I see a sign that says St. Louis Zoo 20 miles away, I'm not going to stop at the sign and look for animals there. I'm not just going to camp out at the sign while we're at the zoo. No, a sign points to a destination. It's this far into here. And the same is true with a healing. A sign points to a destination. The destination is God's love. It's the gospel. It's salvation. And I'm not even talking about just initial salvation. There is a daily salvation to be found in Jesus. Let's say they're going through some issues. They're going through some stuff. They're Christians. They believe. But they're going through some stuff. Maybe they have questions. Maybe they have doubts. That's something I always follow up with when I see a healing. Is that, hey, I, I don't know what's going on with you right now. But God's doing this as a sign of his goodness and love towards you. And I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to understand that God is showing you by his goodness that he's got you. Because yeah. most of the time it's through word of knowledge. She, or well, people I've prayed for, you know that you know they don't even know they have one leg shorter than the other, or they don't even know that they have this condition. <clears throat> but I'll, I'll pray for it, and they get healed. Their leg grows out, and they're like, "Wow, I'm better. I didn't even know I, I didn't even know I needed that." Mm -hmm. Well, that just right there, I followed up with God knows what you need before you even know it. And he's taking care of you. He's pursuing you, and He loves you. That He would stop a random stranger like me to come pray for you. So it's always followed up with the gospel. Never pray for somebody to be healed and don't follow it up with the gospel. Yeah. That's the evangelist. And, and but love, also, it's important. And I love the goodness too, because like when their leg grew out, well now their hips aren't out of whack, and God healed their back at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's just His goodness. It just keeps flowing and flowing, and it's just a. You know, it just spirals out of control with his love, you know? Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, it spirals into control. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll share my testimony. It's just a really cool one of how... Uh, so working at TBN, it's Trinity Broadcasting Network, I worked for the prayer lines. And um, while I was there, that was my job. Like I said, I had a profession of praying for people. And so people would call in with prayer requests, but during this time I was really trying to grow in the grow in the gifting of the word of knowledge. And so I would just have people call in and I would always just ask God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to this person? What are you what are you wanting to say? What do you want to do? Is there anything you want that you want to do, that you want to touch them? And so in particularly this one time I had this older lady call in and uh, she was like, Oh, I just need prayer for I think it was like safety, like safe travels and her family. I was like, oh, okay, cool, I can pray for that. I was like, but uh, I said, I got a question. I said, I feel like in my heart that uh, I feel like the Lord was telling me that you might have one leg shorter than the other. I said, and I know this is random, and I don't know you, and obviously I can't see you through a phone, but I was just wondering if that's true. I've been practicing hearing from God, and you know, if you, have you been having some lower back and hip issues? And you know, I feel like that's caused due to one leg being short. And she was like, yeah, I do have one leg shorter than the other. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay. I said, uh, I said, I feel like it's your left leg. And she goes, yeah, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, can I pray for that? Yeah, you can pray for that. So prayed for her safe travels. We prayed for her family. And I prayed for her leg to grow up. And in Jesus' name, left leg grow. Amen. And so I, I was like, okay, can I, can I have you test it out? Can I, you, you stand up and check your back, see how you feel? And she was like, well, um, I, I don't know if I can check it out or not. 
I said, well, why not? She goes, well, you see, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. And I said, oh. Well, and, she, and then she interrupted me. She was like, but I can try. I said, oh, okay. And, and I'm just like sitting there thinking like, oh, I wonder if like, she, you know, some people are in a wheelchair because they like sprained an ankle or something. So I'm just like confused of what's going on. I'm like, oh, what the heck? And uh, so anyway, I was just like, okay. Uh, and she was like, well, uh, she was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, are you standing? She goes, yeah, I'm standing up. And I go, wait a minute. So I was like, um, I was like, so you're feeling better? I was like, weren't you in a wheelchair? And she was like, yeah. She goes, I've been in this wheelchair for 20 plus years. Wow. She goes, I'm, she's like, I couldn't feel from like the waist down. And I was like, wait a minute. Cause she's so calm and nonchalant. And I'm just like, hold up. Hold up. I'm like, I didn't even pray for your back. I didn't pray for paralyzed legs to feel again. I didn't pray. And there was like these things. She was like, yeah, I had a slip disc. I had this. I had that. And all these things. And it just got healed in an instant. And she's so calm. And she's like, yeah, praise God. I'm completely healed. I haven't stood in 20 years. And I'm just like freaking out on the phone. Wait a minute. How long have you been in that chair? Wait a minute. Hold up. You're standing right now. Are you lying to me? I would straight up like that. I was like, are you, are you messing with me? No, sir. I am not messing with you. And I'm just like, holy cow. And I'm just like blown away. And like, I remember just like looking back my, my, one of my supervisors at the time, Caleb, I'm like, Caleb, listen to this phone call. Like I was trying to get his attention. He wasn't even paying attention. I had to go get him afterwards. And I was just like, somebody pay attention to this. Cause this is freaking me out. And I'm just like, holy cow. And so, like, God winds up healing someone who was in a wheelchair when all I had a word of knowledge for was a leg being short. Right. And it's so cool. Like you said, the goodness of God, it covers all bases. Yeah. And when, man, when the glory of God is on display, he is not holding back. He wants to go all out. And one of the things that cracked me up is something I found out afterwards. And some different speakers came and talked to about some people being so nonchalant about it. And they're just like, usually it's like so much in one moment that it's hard to wrap your mind around to even feel like, yeah, like you're just in shock. You're just like, wow, like it doesn't even feel real. And it's just like me, I'm flipping out, but man, it's so good to see that like God doesn't need your specificness. He doesn't need you to understand everything. All he needs is your obedience and faith. That's right. It's simple obedience. It's simple faith. At the end of the day, all it was was, I got a little unction about something. And I'm going to step out and say God's wanting to heal that. And then as a result, he just went through the laundry list and just yeah. knocked it all out. And so I, I it was just, as much for you as it was for her. Oh, oh sure. Definitely. definitely. I love that. God, when he does something, he's usually doing like a thousand different things in one one moment. Yeah. It's yeah. just so wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved working at DBA. Like you said, I did, I pursued uh, words of knowledge and, and the gift of healing in that a lot there. And man, I remember I actually wrote down in a notebook every single phone call I would get. And even if it wasn't a, a powerful testimony, I had a nut job call in. You know, I would write that down. I'd write down their name. I'd write down the specifics. And um, I would write down every single, I still have that notebook at home. And I have all the miracles recorded. I have all the testimonies in there. And um, man, I, it's so cool. Like over, 
I remember counting it up one time, like over 73 different people accounts of like legs growing out over the phone. Right. Which is an interesting thing to pray for over the phone. Like trying to, like it's hard enough to do it in person. Like, oh, can I get you to sit down? Can I check your legs? <laughs> like it's just weird enough. Man, in Rona season, I bet you it's even harder. Like let me, let me invade your bubble. But then it's even weirder when you're over the phone and you're like, okay, sit down somewhere. All right, now lift both legs up. And they're like, they're trying to do weird stuff. And you all like, it's like herding cats over the phone. But it's, it worked out. It's kind of like what I was talking about, though, with the gifts of healing. Like, we know we've seen so many legs grow up now that it's like, if you see a leg, it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're getting healed. You know what I mean? But I, but I believe a lot of that's your faith level in it. So, I mean. Mm. Eh, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, maybe, I'm the, maybe I'm the devil's advocate in that. I don't want to say that. I'm not the devil's advocate. That's a stupid phrase. I never thought about it till now. I'm like the devil's advocate. I don't ever want to be that. Yeah. Nevertheless, I believe personally, just in the same way that I think about the gifts of the Spirit. You're just comfortable with it? No. No? Listen, <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit, I, there's so many people, oh, God's given this gift to this person. God's given that gift to that person. No, the gift is singular. Singular, not the gifts of the spirit. The gift of the spirit is the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> it's the spirit. That. It is not anything on my own. Like I get it, experience maybe has cultivated a little bit of faith in that area in my life. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's not my gift. It's not my anointing. It's not my thing. The last thing I want to be known for is the leg guy who grows out leg. Right. Like that's just weird. I want it to be known that Jesus is the leg guy. If anyone's going to get that title, it's going to be him. Right. Not me. But, man, it's all on him. I, I don't care if I've seen a thousand miracles. If I try and do that in my own strength, I am not going to see that leg grow. Yeah. Right. Period. Well, and it says, you know, with the gift of prophecy is from the same spirit as the gift of healing, which is the same spirit that gives the gift of knowledge and tongues. and It's all the same spirit. It, it says that in, uh, I believe it's First Corinthians 12. Yeah. Yeah, so. Which is just back to my point. <laughs> right. That's the spirit. It has exactly. nothing to do with me being particularly gifted in it. No. Everyone's got the gift. Well, I hope everyone does. Yeah. Got the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you don't, receive it in Jesus' name. I'm going to have some people laid out over that. They're going to be shaka at home. <laughs> in Jesus' name. I got the gift of faith for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I bet this is going to be like two hours long. No. <laughs> hour and 20 minutes-ish, I think. We, All right. we better wrap it up then. We knew this was going to be a long one though. But if you need healing, definitely be healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Let that power just emanate now, Holy Spirit, through, yeah. through the podcast. There's any kind of ailment, just focus on the face of Jesus and be healed now in the name of yeah. Jesus. If you have pain in your body right now, even as you're listening, you've got some... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that's going to have some lower back issues or some hips. And maybe a leg is out of alignment. I don't know. Whatever your ailment is, uh, wrists, I feel like maybe even carpal tunnel, uh, maybe some neck issues like a slip disc. I just, I'm just feeling some different things as, I'm, as we're sitting here. But if you're feeling any of those things, put your hand on that ailment or that pain or whatever it is. <coughs> Do what we've taught you. Do as the Holy Spirit said. Pray in Jesus' name. Be healed. 
Watch that thing heal. If your leg's short, command that sucker. Left leg grow, whatever. And all you gotta do is put your feet out, check your by your heels. You don't wanna do by the toes, you need by the heels. Put them straight out, you might need a friend to help you out. One short, hell there you go. Easy as that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Healing 101. There we go. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us once again for another hour and a half of your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really do enjoy spending this time with you and, and with each other. And uh, really, again, back to the point of our podcast, we're just a family that loves to sit around and talk about God, loves to share um, with others, yeah. you know, our faith, our, our love of Jesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, we welcome your comments. We welcome your questions. We welcome your participation. Yeah. You know, and praying for people and, and even sharing your own testimonies. So please feel free to comment, um, send us an email, do whatever you want to find us on, find our website and you can send us messages there or whatever, but we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear, um, you know, questions and yeah. input and, uh, love to see you back here again next time. Yeah. So pray y'all have a good night and, uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. You want to say goodbye, Rob Rose? You have a pause in the shot. Just give it a wave. <laughs> she was half asleep. We put the dog to sleep, so hopefully our viewers... We didn't put the dog to sleep. No. That's not what that sounds like. Oh, wait. She's not dead. Let's make that clear. She was crashed. This was over until you kept talking. Yeah. Listen. Listen, Joy is one third of the kingdom of God, so I'm just bringing a third of the kingdom to this podcast for you. Okay? <laughs>